How many is happy for Peyton? How many are jealous? I'm very serious. How many are a little bit jealous? In other words, I want the Lord to speak to me and have that, that type of uh, reaction and what she just described. And the Lord is going to give you all that you're desiring, Peyton, and he's going to give you purpose. And purpose is what you're seeking after, and the Lord is going to give that to you. I want to share a little bit about that. I've got a little bit of a low ring here, bro, if you can maybe adjust that a little bit. Thank you, Bo. I can hear it already. Back there. And so uh, my message, remember I, we had our camp sharing the testimonies, and I said I had a message prepared, but I figured I probably wouldn't have the time to give it because of all the kids sharing, and that's exactly the way it works every year. So this was no exception. And the message I had came to me on Thursday night of camp, and it was during the worship time. And I had my phone out, and I had my notes, and, you know, uh, brought up, and I would just note after note after note after note after note. And so why do we, why do we go to camp? Why do we have camp? We have tween camp, we have senior camp or teen camp, and uh, they call it uh, summer retreat, I think, it, I think it's called now. It's, it's, for most of us, it's just going to be camp. How I many can say I'm done with that? And, uh, but I want to sum up what are the reasons why the kids go to camp and why we have a camp. A couple of things uh, to experience fun, right? Fun is a good thing. To experience community. Community is, is extremely important to all of us, to have community those that we commune with, those that we interact with, community. When we gather here as a body of Christ, we are having community. Hallelujah. And it's not just unity, it's community. They both go along with each other. And they go there to experience praise and worship. There's always excellent praise and worship. Although, correct me guys if I'm wrong, maybe I just wasn't listening last Sunday. But I think this is the first time I've ever heard the kids share when they got back from camp and no one mentioned worship. Maybe they did and I just missed it. But no one? Because normally it's like, oh, I love the praise and worship. So what did you get out of it? Oh, the praise and worship. And that's awesome. But it was just kind of noted to me that I never heard any of the kids talk about praise and worship. And that's always a big, big thing. And so praise and worship obviously speaks to, uh, to the kids, and then there's the, uh, there's the preaching, the teaching, there's the instruction of the Word, there's experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, experiencing the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I love what Peyton said. You can be in a type of environment stretched, to get outside of your box and to do something you would not normally do. And that is to pray with someone, to give a word to someone. Someone may say, I can't give a word. I mean, I, would, I don't feel adequate to do that. Well, you're right. No one is adequate to do that. All you have to be is 
surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you, right? And so, uh, so all that takes place. And then also, and this is extremely important, you receive challenges, challenges of how to live, challenges of, of uh, repenting from sin, challenges of getting away from sin. You just heard it, getting away from sinful relationships, getting rid of sinful relationships. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have friends who are not believers. It's important to have people that we associate with who are non-believers. But on the other hand, if it's a sinful relationship that's taking you down a wrong road, that's where you have to say, oh, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. And then there's the challenge that comes from the message. And uh, we, uh, Angie and I attended two of the youth services and one of the tween services. And there's always a challenge that went out, a challenge. And so, uh, and the challenge is basically this, is to know what God wants you to do and go out there and do it. Go forth, in other words. So this morning, I want to share about what the Lord was speaking to me. And it was actually, I'll talk about praise and worship. It was good praise and worship. I really enjoyed it. And there was a particular song that I thought was, uh, uh, it just really struck me. And the name of the song is Another in the Fire. Another in the Fire. Listen to the chorus. The chorus says this, there was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. It struck me in such a way, it just captivated me. And I, again, I just started receiving a lot of uh, uh, no, notes from the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you, challenge you with this. It will also be sobering. It will also be sobering. So I want to talk about the another in the fire. What's the first thing you think of in the scripture when you hear about there's another in the fire? From what book of the Bible? Daniel. Absolutely. From the book of Daniel. And there we have three young men. They're Hebrews, Hebrew young men. They're not, uh, this is the name that's given to them by, by Babylon because they're in captivity, but they're Babylonian names or Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. How many have heard of them? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego end up going into a fiery furnace. Let me read a little bit from Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 14. And Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown in immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But if he doesn't, hallelujah, and he will deliver us from your mighty hands, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So then it says that Nebuchadnezzar was furious with these three young men, and his attitude changed towards them. And he says he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing fire. Fell into the blazing fire. And it goes on to say that, uh, or the blazing furnace, that King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, were there not three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, yes, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. They're unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, and all the royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. That means they walked right past the dead soldiers. The fire had not harmed their bodies. Nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation of, or language who say anything about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. It's important that we talk about what just happened here. This fourth person in the fire. I'm going to cut right to the chase. This whole story was not about the deliverance of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. This whole story was about elevating God. 
This whole story is not about the preservation of three young men in a horrible, horrible death situation and walking out of it. The whole story is about God being elevated in the eyes of the king. Hallelujah. How many gets that this morning? I'm thankful that there is deliverance. Man, I am thankful that, that God can save us out of any situation. And, but Nebuchadnezzar, he was the most evil man on the planet at that time. And he needed a lesson. And God gave him that lesson by sending a deliverer, a fourth person, a fourth person, or as the song says, another person in the fire. Another person in the fire. What they experienced, all those who saw it, was called a theophany. It's also called a Christophany. What that is, that is the appearance of God in the Old Testament, and it's an appearance of God to man. And they've experienced his presence. And that's who was in, that was the fourth person in the fire. That fourth person in the fire, and you can read all the commentaries you want, and there's great agreement on this, was actually Jesus. He was there as a member of the Godhead, as the Son of God, and he was there as a deliverer. And many times he showed up in the Old Testament. Did you know that? He showed up to uh, Joshua, who's about ready to do battle and to go across uh, the Jordan River and go into this big conquest time of, of taking uh, the, going from the wilderness to the plan that God had for their lives and going to Canaan. Hallelujah. And there was an individual who appeared the night before. And he knew that this was someone. And he talked to him and asked him a question. If, are you for us or are you against us? And the individual said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Get your stinking shoes off. Adjective was mine. Get your shoes off in respect, and he bowed down before him. Now, because Joshua received or gave worship to that individual, and the individual did not deny it, he, did not, he, ref, he didn't refuse it, he said he accepted it. That's one of the proofs of the theophany being divine. Not an, an angel, but actually being one of the Godhead. Hallelujah. And we have other situations that takes place in, in the Old Testament where Christ shows up. But folks, there's nothing better when Jesus shows up in the middle of your problem. There's nothing better than when Christ comes right in the midst of your worst situation. I think you might know this scripture uh, when it talks about the, the deliverance of the Lord. And, and I want to go to where we read, uh, I'm trying to find Isaiah, there it is, Isaiah 43, 2. For some of you, this is your favorite scripture. This is where you go to find rest, to find solitude, to find refuge. And it says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now, actually, that scripture was fulfilled. Actually, what it was about is, uh, well, the waters was really referring to the Red Sea. When the Red Sea came over them but did not disturb them, they walked through it. That was the fulfillment. That was the fulfillment. And from uh, uh, what Isaiah is sharing about. And, and something about waters, about floods, is, uh, you, you, know, you know, waters, floods, will, they will overwhelm you, right? And fires, they consume you. And so I love this scripture because it's not only for, this was for Israel, but it is also for the church. If you're part of the church, raise your hand. It has nothing to do with First Church of the Open Bible. It's the church, the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. And so this belongs to us as well. We get to enjoy the time of, of being in a difficult problem and sensing the presence of the Lord. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Christ will always be with us. Did he not say so in the New Testament more than once? Lo, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. Jesus will always be with you. That song said, another in the fire. He will always be in the fire with you. Here's the caveat, though. You may not get delivered physically. There are very few times when someone ever walked out of a furnace that was blazing hot like that. But it wasn't for the preservation of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was for the glory of God. And when you are praying for God's miracle-working power to be at work in your life, make sure you always add to your prayer, oh God, that you can be glorified. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to heal you, that he doesn't want to bless you, that he doesn't want to help you with whatever you're going through. He does, but on the other hand, he will always be the one who is elevated and lifted up. There were many uh, of the kids who last week talked about what calling that they have upon their life. Uh, we heard Cody talking about wanting to become a missionary, and he will. And there are others, you felt feel a calling. Uh, even Peyton this morning was talking about, you know, whatever, what is her purpose? And the purpose is to hear the call of God upon your life. And this is what all the speakers are telling them. And the music is going. And, and there's a feverish pitch almost of, of just praise and worship going on. And there's a call to follow God and a call to do this, a call to do that, a call to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and it's an awesome time. It's called camp. But here's the real thing. You don't always get scorch free. You don't always get to the point where you never have the fire touch you. Nero was one of the most, if not the most, ruthless emperors of Rome. And Nero was so evil that he set Rome, it is thought, part of Rome on fire 
And in his drunkenness and his wickedness, he was playing in a harp and, uh, and he was just being evil. And this is how evil he was. He took Christians. He had Christians captured. They were bound in animal skins, dipped in tar, put up on poles, and lit. A horrible, horrible, unspeakable death. No one's called to do that, to be that. But you see, these believers, they did not shirk back from identifying themselves with Christ. The Bible talks about the fact that there will be tribulation in life. I know this isn't warm and fuzzy, but what I'm trying to tell you, if you feel called to do this, to called to do that, if you just feel called to be a believer, to be a Christian, there may be a great expectation, one that maybe you never considered. This whole thing may cost you your life. Man, I am talking in almost the Midwest of the United States, a little bit east. We are a free nation. We are a blessed nation. My goodness, we are so incredibly blessed to live in this nation. This nation. It is the greatest nation on this earth. In power, in outreach, the greatest missionary thrust comes from this nation. But let me tell you this. There are so many right now, and I'm going to say this just because I feel uh, I'm, I've got the stats to follow it up. While I'm talking right now, someone's being martyred. Someone is being martyred, a believer, a Christian, who is not sitting in a comfortable air-conditioned sanctuary in comfortable chairs, thinking about going to a restaurant afterwards, thinking about what you're going to do. They are being martyred. They're imprisoned because they've taken a stand for Christ. I can truly tell you, I have never been persecuted. Because nothing I can think of in my life would merit the thought of persecution. You ever been made fun of? Ah, oh, that's not persecution. That doesn't belong in the same category. There's no way. And I'm thinking of those men and those women who are wrapped in those animal skins. And it's a well-known fact. They would also take the same individuals wrapped in, in the animal skins and put them in the Colosseum and let the animals rip them to shreds. That was common. And as ugly as all that is, there are still ugly things happening to Christians. So is Christ with them? Is the fourth person with them? Is the another with them? Is he still there? Inside that animal skin that was burning the person alive, who do you think they were talking to at that point, screaming out to? 
the Lord, and the Lord was there. I believe that with all of my heart, the Lord did not deliver them physically, although he could have. What did the children, the Meshach and Shadrach and Abednego, what did they say? They said, our God is able to deliver us from your wrath. But if he doesn't, we still won't serve you. I kind of fear sometimes for our nation in our resolve to serve Christ. Because it seems like it doesn't take a whole lot of pressure, of circumstances, situations, to cause someone to backslide, to cause someone to walk away from the Lord. And yet we are not even in the same category of those who right now Thousands and thousands and thousands in China and in so many of the African nations go to Iraq, to Iran. Stats say it's Christians, Christianity is almost totally eliminated. And it goes on and on and on. There are those who are being persecuted. So we must think to ourselves, how strong is my commitment? It's easy to be a Christian in this nation. It's easy to be a Christian in this church. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the air is just right. I'm not sweating. Aren't you glad? It's just nice. It's comfortable. We're enjoying each other. But how committed are we? And that's what the Lord was saying to me during the praise and worship time on that Thursday night at camp. And I was writing all these notes. And basically, the word was, tell the kids. They have to have a commitment that is deep. But I'm not only talking to the kids, I'm talking to you older kids. Some of you older kids who are like 50, 60, 70. How many are still a kid at heart? We are called the children of God, right? So we're always children. So when I read this story, I love the deliverance. I love the description of the deliverance. These three young men, they're bound they're thrown, they fall down in the fire. Next moment, they're up walking around. Their bindings are gone. The fire is still blazing. They walk out. There's no, there's no type of, of indication they've been in a fire. Their hair doesn't even smell. If you've been through any type of fire, you know how that, that smell is there. They walk out untouched because there was a fourth person in there who preserved them. But it wasn't just for their preservation. It wasn't just so that they would be delivered. It wasn't just because they, they, uh, God wanted to spare them from any type of grief. He wanted to use the situation for His glory. And I think that helps educate us about how to pray. 
I want you to think about this for a second. When you pray, is your prayer really sincere? Is your prayer always going to God saying, Lord, I really need this deliverance. I really need this prayer answered. But, oh God, I want you to be glorified in the whole midst of it. Oh Lord, that you would be glorified. That's how I like to pray. Sometimes I forget. But that's, like, that's how I like to pray and want to pray. Oh God, may you be glorified in everything that is said and done. Have you ever prayed for someone and they received a touch from the Lord? I remember this lady that uh, came to our church and she was visiting and it was her first time visiting and she came with a friend and, uh, and it was a Sunday night service and so later on after service they were leaving and we were all outside, Angie and I and these two ladies were talking and uh, they were sharing about a need that, uh, that this one lady had and so we just gathered hands you know, and, and I just began praying as I was praying wham she went right down and I thought not really oh wow someone just got slain the Holy Spirit well someone didn't get slain, slain the Holy Spirit she had a seizure she became a very dear part of the church a very dear 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 lady and she suffered all the time from seizures. All the time. And I finally figured out one day, I didn't figure it out, the Holy Spirit did, and gave me a, a whisper. This is what's happening. And I said, Sylvia, I need to tell you something. This is what I want you to do. I know you love to be prayed for. But in church, it seemed like numerous times when she's prayed for, she'd have a seizure. And of course, that's disruptive to her life and to the whole surroundings. And, uh, and so I said, if you want prayer, we want you to have prayer, but don't stand up. You've got to sit in your chair. And she never had it happen again during a church service. And we pray over her. I mean, we anoint her with prayer and oil. And, and, uh, but the Lord gives us, he gives us direction. He gives us direction. And that whole thing was for not just her healing or whatever, it's for God to be glorified. And so my, uh, my challenge this morning, especially for those of you who went to camp, is to know this. You feel God is calling you to do, to be a missionary. You're, he's directing you this way or that way. Man, that is as cool as cool can be. But don't forget, this is real. This may really cost us something someday. And so I pray that our church would be a church overall that sees the seriousness of what we're doing. I'm called to be a believer. Am I called to be a martyr? I certainly hope not. It is not what I desire. I'll be honest with you, in my flesh. But if you were challenged, could you meet the test? If you were challenged, we've read so many stories. We've heard of so many martyrs, haven't we? We know that all these horrible things are happening right now.
But I think we need to toughen up as believers. We need to toughen up as Christians. How many would agree? We want that fourth person. And hallelujah, he is there. The fire, the water, what it talks about in Isaiah, that it will not overwhelm us. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I was not comforted with that verse. I'd like to find another verse that talks about the blessings. But you see, this is a part of the Word of God that is reality. I want you to hear it one more time. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. Peter's talking about a whole different situation. Wow. How many is feeling a little bit challenged right now about our position and also thankful? And so when I heard this song, I was blessed by the song at that worship uh, Thursday night of camp, and I was blessed by the song. I was blessed by the fact of hearing about the another in the fire that's with you. How many knows? We've talked, we talked about that. You've read it probably you know, 20, 30, 40 times at least in your lifetime, most of you. And then this whole situation, the fourth person in the fire, and delivered Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But most of the time, I'll be honest with you, not all people get delivered. Not physically. But this is truth. This is the truth. But delivered or not, Christ is there. The another is there. That is the promise. That is the promise. I pray that you will be delivered from all situations. But also know that there's some situations we just have to walk through. The old adage, if you feel like you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop and enjoy the scenery. Keep going. Get out of that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just glad for the fourth person in the fire who's with you right now, who said, Lo, I am with you always. Praise his name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? Father God, I thank you to, today, Lord, that you are with us and you are here today. Lord, I thank you that you said that your rod and your staff, that they comfort us. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I thank you for the scriptures that, that just tells us that we belong to you and we are we are part of, Lord, the, the shepherd's flock of sheep. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for your promises. I thank you 
for the promise that, again, that says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, I also pray today that while I'm so thankful of that story in Daniel, I'm so thankful of how you delivered Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Oh God, I realize it was a lesson for the king to tell him who was truly powerful and that all other gods are false. And Lord, your glory was revealed. Your power was revealed. And now, Lord, I'm praying, Lord, as we also, as the church, we, had, we accept, oh Lord, the same, the same word given to Isaiah, that we can walk through the water and not be overwhelmed. We can walk through the fire and not be overwhelmed. And Lord, I'm asking today that you would strengthen our resolve with a more seriousness of what it means to be a believer. This may cost me my life someday. This may cost me that which is dear to me, life. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you would make us stronger than we've ever been before. I pray from the oldest to the youngest, from the youngest to the oldest in this room, that there would be a new resolve taking place in your spirit, that I will live for Christ, and with him I can do all things, through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we go today, if you're here and been listening to this and you think, oh man, I don't know if I could really go through a torture like that. You don't know. Not till you get there. I think that was referred to by someone today. They weren't sure what was going to happen. They just had to wait until they got there. And sometimes there's going to be, someday there will be something. I don't want to prophesy this with some... Uh, you know, illustration that is flamboyant. I'm just saying, I could see the way our nation is going. Changes that are taking place where there could be severe persecution. But it only means that Jesus is getting closer. Come on, that's the final prize. That's the final prize, keeping our eyes on him. Hallelujah. So we've got a lot of work to do. We've got vacation Bible school. We've got these other things going on. Praise the Lord. So today, if, if you need to strengthen your commitment, and I hope there's a lot of response, I'm going to ask that you just raise your hand before heaven, before God. Oh God, strengthen my resolve to serve you no matter what comes. Hallelujah to toughen up and not be taken aback by the small things in life, but to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we pray over, Lord, I pray over this group of individuals who you're, they're your children. They belong to you. They love you. Oh God, I pray, Father, that you would, would give us a strength in our bone and marrow, in our mind and spirit that, Lord, would cause us to love you and to serve you with more of a passion and an attitude 
And Lord, to, to have a, just a resolve around us and inside of us, that resolve saying, Lord, let everything that's done in my life be for your glory, O oh God. And everyone said, amen and amen. Thank you for being here today. Greet someone again before you leave. And hallelujah, God is good. Praise the Lord. Thank you.